We all have our own path to walk. It may be obstructed, it may be winding, and no doubt it will have peaks and valleys, but it is ours alone. Like onlookers at a marathon, friends and family can offer encouragement along the way, but ultimately we decide the trajectory that we take. In this series, Juliet Doris Williams offers a clear view from her path that may inform your decisions as you move toward finding your faith. One part spirituality, one part real world practicality, and a serious splash of fun. Here's Juliet. Hi, I'm Juliet. Welcome to Finding Faith. Among other things, I'm the author of Leaving Church, Finding Faith, Six Steps for Finding Your Purpose in the World After Leaving the Christian Church, and I am here in this space chatting with you about the book and other things that may bubble up when we are talking about faith and life and how those two, those two things intersect, because if you are at all like me, they always intersect. So welcome back, friends. Today, as I record this, we here in the U.S. are on the other side of an election season, almost on the other side, um, on the other side in that the election has been called for a given candidate. And now that I am here on this side, on the side where my candidate of choice was successful in his bid, I can reflect back on where I was four years ago when my candidate of choice was not successful in her campaign. Both outcomes, it seems, at least from my perspective, were a surprise. I and a few million others were surprised that our candidate lost a few years ago. This time around, I and a few million others were surprised that our candidate won. There was a lot of surprise to go around, it seems, as those vying for the other candidate were, like us a few years ago, surprised that their candidate lost. Then, as now, there is ongoing dissection of the process, and that's going to go on for a while, probably several years. Then, as now, there is celebration and despair. Then, as now, there is a desire. There are efforts to bridge the divide. Then, as now, there is a call for coming together again. There is a call for unity, and those are worthy goals, worthy aspirations, for sure. They leave me flat, however, because they are simply words in the air unless they find purchase, unless they find ground in an action of some sort. Having been on both sides of this outcome in so recent a time, a a four-year span period, I can, from experience, say that the call for unity is not finding purchase. It's not touching hearts. It's not assuaging fear. It's not speaking to the wound. It's not speaking to the despair that some, that, that many people might be feeling. And as a person of faith, one who desires to model her life on the way of Jesus, I ask myself, what is my response? More, 
what is my responsibility to those around me, those who are not celebrating the outcome? Because to me, I believed then, as now, that I am fighting for my life. I believed and believe that I am fighting for myself, my loved ones, those I serve. To have, I'm fighting to have their rights protected, to have the freedom to, pu- to pursue their dreams, to, to have adequate health care, to have the means and opportunities, to have, have choices. My assumption is that those who are in despair may be having those same feelings and thoughts about the outcome. Most of the people I talk to have the same dreams and hopes when we're talking about things outside of, of, of a political season, outside of an election season. It gets murky when those dreams and hopes are buried beneath a soundbite or a political slogan. What I have learned in my decades of life that, that I have lived on this planet is that most people are lazy when it comes to seeking the meaning behind a certain word or phrase or concept. We are very much like those sheep spoken, spoken so much about in the Christian holy book. We're also tribal in that being hardwired for connection, we are drawn to the people that look like us, that sound like us, the group that is the most familiar, the group that feels safe, the group that, 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 that talks alike and, and we talk about the same things and we have the same group experience. I started this particular journey because the group no longer felt safe. It was no longer a group that gave me solace. The familiar became odd and weird and strange, peculiar even. Peculiar in that the building didn't change, the people didn't change, but somehow I had changed. The experience inside that space with those people had changed me, changed me in ways that no longer fit or felt comfortable. What did not change, what has never changed really is the desire to see with God's eyes, to hear with God's ears, to love with God's heart. And people who are deeply faithful, note here that I did not say people who are deeply religious, people who are deeply faithful are rightfully bothered by the demonization of one group over another. Even if the experience with that group of people has been deeply egregious, Gloating over a win is anathema to those who desire to love with God's heart. We recognize that every single person we see with our eyes is a person that God loves. And this is hard stuff. Imagine if you can, Jesus hanging on a man-made cross in pain, suffering, bleeding out looking out and down at those onlookers, even the ones who nailed him to that, those cross beams, looking out and down, and then asking God to forgive them, to quote, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is hard work, 
to see, hear, love with the eyes, ears, heart of Jesus. When, especially when you have escaped the prison or been freed from the oppression or been the victor in a hard fought battle, especially when that battle is on the side of justice for you, for your community, for your loved ones, what do you do when you are standing in the joyful light instead of the darkness of despair? And you look over at your brother or sister, your fellow human, and you see the, that the very thing you are celebrating, they are mourning. What do you do with that? What is your responsibility? Do you have any responsibility at all to care that they mourn? Our scriptures point the way. They tell us that it is easy to love the ones who love us. But we are not called to that. We are called to love the ones who hate us, the ones who would use us for their own purposes and discard us like yesterday's newspaper. We are called to love when it is hard. We are called to love hard. And that is not to say that we are called to go hang on a cross. Nope, 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 nope. That work's done, forever finished. But we are called to make heaven on earth. We who love Jesus are called to the way, the way of love, the way of peace. I am reminded of of this prayer that is often attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. I had to go look it up. So I'm going to read it right now. So it goes like this. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow charity. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is error, truth. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. Second part of that prayer, we don't hear a lot about that one, but this is the second part. It says, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying to ourselves that we are born to eternal life. Amen. This is the way of grace. And this is the way of love. The world can be dark and ugly. Sometimes we are standing in the dark looking for the light. Sometimes we are the ones that are called to be the light. In both circumstances, we are called to love. Love when it's easy. Love when it's hard. So take a deep breath, my friends, and bask in the joy if you are celebrating. Spread love and light when you find mourning. And what does that mean to spread love and light? It means to be patient. It means to listen. It means to share information to seeking hearts. It means staying engaged. Staying engaged is loving hard. It might be loving from a distance, but it is love none the same. Leave room for growth. Leave breadcrumbs along the path. Leave a light on. 
Sometimes it means to depart in peace and love from afar. But that too is practicing and extending grace. Finally, fellow person on the faith way, I leave you with these words from the notorious RBG, also known as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She says, Fight for the things you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. Hang in there, friends. That's all for now. Until next time, this is Finding Faith.